the Reality Check, where we talk about real shit with your host, Mark Patterson. Welcome to episode seven of the Reality Check, where we talk about real shit. I am your host, Mark Patterson, and today I have Stefan Depu, former CEO of Branch 22 Capital IC. And he's also a current Drexel student, which is how we first met. Um, so I think let's start off by just give a little context as far as background, where you're from, and then I kind of want to get into the rise and fall of this company you started, because I okay. think the story's interesting, and the fact that you started a trading company at a, the age of 17, I find really impressive. So oh, we'll, thank let's you. start there. Thank you. Oh, I'm Stefan Pooh. I'm a 20-year-old from New York City, born and raised there. My parents are both Haitian and whatnot, so I'm a fob, basically, parents mm-hmm. of fob. So I, for, in regards to Branch 22 Capital, I started that with two other friends in my high school. So me, so it was me, my friend Peter, and my friend Malcolm. We just started it because we were really broke, and mm. we wanted to trade Bitcoin legally, and we wanted to also... Because this is 2014? Yeah, this was, this? yeah, this was 2014. Right. So we were on that Bitcoin yeah, hype train years yeah, back before. Yeah, this is forever. early in the Bitcoin game. Yeah, so we wanted to do something like that, and we wanted to just start trading and whatnot. And we were like, yo, let's just start this company. We are like, for sure, for sure. And we started mainly as a joke because the original name was called the SPS&Q500 because it was my name, Stefan. My friend's last name started with an S, and my other friend's last name started with a Q, so it was a play on the S&P 500. And then okay. we started that after after that we changed it to um, Phoenix Investment because mm-hmm. we liked the Phoenix mm-hmm. because we were watching Harry Potter. But then we changed it to Branch Twenty Two Capital, so that's so what happened. Do, like three name changes. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so I find that interesting that you started that so young. What interested you so much that you're like, hey, I want to put the effort and time into starting this company? So a few things. One thing was that I wanted to actually start working on my resume so I can get like good job offers and I was like and I was very stressed about how to work and how to work in the in the field. Mm-hmm. So I was like if I put down that we started this company, albeit as like not as popular, right. then it would be like a pretty popular thing for us. Mm-hmm. But it started blowing up to the point where it's like we could legitimately work after college on this, but it unfortunately didn't. So right. Yeah, we'll get into that story in a little bit, though. So. Gotcha. Um, so at its prime, like, what were the, I would say, what are the, were the differentiators of, like, why people were coming to you and using your services? Like, how'd you pitch yourself? Well, okay, we pitched ourselves as traders that, I mean, young traders are willing to learn and like to take a lot of risk. Uh-huh. So normally, like, what we would, our company would basically, like, a mini hedge fund. A hedge fund is just basically... A bunch of traders and a bunch of people just managing a large portfolio of other investors. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were doing. So what we most hedge fund they do like very safe investments like stocks and stuff that only have like a two percent growth, mm-hmm. like every year or whatnot. So yep. they won't get a lot. But we traded like things called ETFs, which are called exchange trading funds, and Bitcoin, which are very volatile, right. and they can be flipped for like easily like a thousand dollars. So like we used to have like a portfolio of five thousand dollars and. We we would pay like a thousand dollars on an ETF that was like triple leverage, and then we would just like sell it off every time something would happen. So it, it gets a little more complex, but I don't really want to get too yeah, complex yeah. for the people. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. now, okay, so let's get into 
the downfall. Because uh, this is awesome. It's very, it's just an interesting story. So I'll, oh, I'll yeah. just let you take it from here. Okay, so this happened in March of 2017. No, yeah, around March, April. It was in the springtime. Mm-hmm. So we, our company was growing very well, and we turned from, like, manually trading to automatic trading. So we moved all our systems to Colombia because we had a partnership down there in Colombia, in Medellin, Colombia. So one of the guys that was, like, managing it, his name was Jonathan. And this dickhead... Sorry for the language. I hate this. Guy. So this dickhead. We keep it real. On he would. Podcast. He would know. He would take. He would take like coke at the same time when he was trading. So he would just be high as shit, just trading and doing whatever the fuck he wanted. Some Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, but he wasn't. He wasn't like smart. He was. He was kind of an idiot. So this guy, he bought an ETF of oil, a, a fifty times leverage ETF of oil. Mm-hmm. And the price of oil crashed from, like, tw- like I forgot how much it was, but it crashed, like, 50%. Oh. And he didn't, he didn't sell it when the ETF was, sell- was, uh, was going down. He kept it the entire time mm-hmm. until, like, the, until, like, the trade station account, the brokerage account that we were using was, like, you need to stop this because, like, you're losing a lot and you're going to have a margin call okay. on your account. And a margin call in finance is, like, the worst thing ever because... What a margin call means that you're at risk of losing your account and your your capital mm. and your business uh, and the important stuff in the business. So right. that's why. So they canceled our account. He didn't do anything. So we basically went from ten thousand dollars to four thousand dollars in a matter of eight hours because of that dumb trade. And then we he told he didn't tell us initially. We found out because we went onto an account and we saw that. There was a lot less capital than what there should have been, and oh, then I forgot about this part. He yeah, did this all just on yeah. his own time. Yeah, he did exactly. Not anything. Exactly. So he went. So that we were like, "Yo, what the fuck happened?" And he he called us, and he's like, "Um, we lost all the cash because I was high off coke and I did a trade, and basically that's what resulted in the company collapsing." Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Now, do you have any interest in starting a similar company up again, especially because crypto's like so mainstream now? Oh, of course, yeah. Like, or well, getting to be mainstream. Yeah, I wouldn't advise in trading in crypto now, since like not that many, like with people, because not that many people know exactly how cryptocurrencies would work, since they're so volatile and they're so unpredictable, and like there are a lot of laws regulating how to trade crypto and whatnot. Right. But I'm definitely interested in getting back into it, like, after college. Like, one of my goals in life was actually to create a hedge fund, but for, like, a majority, like, African-American and Hispanic Latino, because there's not that many hedge, if at all, any hedge funds that are, like, majority black-owned or black and Hispanic-owned. So that's something I wanted to do. That's pretty dope. Yeah. And something I noticed, you know, me being a car guy, when I was out in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, I saw a guy selling an old classic car for, so he had the price, and then he said USD or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I found that, my mind was blown. That's like, you know, people just put the handwritten signs on their car for sale. Yeah. Like the fact that he's like, oh, I'll take Bitcoin. I was like, 
Yeah. Something's happening right now. Like, this is very... I just thought it was so interesting. Yeah, didn't that you... it was trickling out into, yeah. like, the classic exactly. vintage car space. Didn't you also hear with 50 Cent? He, if, he accidentally made, like, 8 million. Yeah. I don't know the story. If you, do you know it? Yeah, so... Yeah, explain. Around the same time when we started the company, he actually had his album that came out called Animal Ambition or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of people paid for the album in Bitcoin, and he said, yeah, why not? So he didn't know what the fuck a ah. Bitcoin was. So it was like 600 It was 600 a coin, and then he kept it there because he straight up forgot about it, and now the price went to like 20, like to 10 to 20K at that point. He sold some of it, so basically he has like, he had like eight million dollars. I I think he still, I think he sold some of it, mm. but like he made seven to eight million dollars off of Bitcoins for people that were just buying the album. So, yeah, that was something that's crazy. It just makes me... Because I, I saw this headline, and I just saw, like, accidentally made a million. I'm like, yeah. of course, it's got to be 50 Cent who doesn't need any more money. Oh, of like, course, you know, yeah. <laughs> if I could have been, like, some guy or, like, a college student, like, just, like, oh, like, happen to... Of course, of course. I mean, 50 Cent's killing the game. Like, I'm not hating on him. Like, of course, yeah. You're killing the game, you're killing the game. Um, and then I also saw, since you're kind of more into the software tech industry and like trading, um, this new compensation deal that Elon Musk agreed to. Did you hear about that? No, actually, no. So essentially, he agreed to uh, something like, I think it was a 10 year contract. And the stipulation on him getting paid is if he delivers on, there's like, it encompasses like a dozen targets that range between a hundred and six hundred and fifty billion dollars oh, in wow. Tesla's uh, worth and at fifty billion dollar increments. That's imp- that wow. So he has to grow the company fifty billion dollars twelve times at like certain times. Yeah. That's- in order for him to get paid. I'm like, now that's fucking putting your money where your mouth uh, yeah, is. Yeah, that that boy, that man is very ballsy in how he does his stuff. You know what? I really, I think he's just, he's just got so on lock. Like, he just mm-hmm. gets it. I respect Elon. He's such a genius with how he does stuff. And he's such a great innovator. Like, I just love everything that. Yeah, that I, I just does. think he's, he's done so much already. And especially how fast things are moving and the way he's attacking the electric car uh, space and like having the now he's having electric semis made and like they just released the uh, Tesla Roadster 061.9 mm-hmm. so he's kind of getting to like the sports car market too I don't know I, I just like mm-hmm. I doesn't so it does like it was a shock factor but also like if anyone were to do that it's him and I think that's also a testament to his character because it's, it's him saying like if I don't perform then I don't get paid. Yeah. So for me, it's like, for him, it's beyond the money. It's more so the influence he wants to have in changing the world in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So I was really, I was really impressed by that article. I respect so. that man. Heavily, heavily. Of course. So for you, personally, what do you think, like, a couple investment sources, whether it be like an app company or whatever, that you think may do some interesting, just like some disruptors you think might come uh, out? Um, let's see. You, like, in cryptocurrency, for one, there is a thing called Litecoin. I don't mm. know if it's a, as pros, a profitable as Bitcoin now, okay. but that is something to watch out in the future. Um, 
ETF trading, I have to say, because like it's very easy to get into. Mm. An ETF trades like so basically what an ETF is. It trades like a stock. It can be leveraged like three to five times off a base indicator. Uh -huh. And like whenever that one, whenever that base indicator grows in value, the ETF grows like the same amount. However, it can be like triple or double. So for example, let me give you an example. So it's a little bit easier. Yeah. So oil, let's say there's like you have oil that trades at like 50 a barrel. And there's an oil ETF. This, okay. this one's a real one. It's called DWTI. So it's an inverse e three-time leverage ETF. So anytime oil goes up, the ETF goes down. Mm. So, for example, if oil goes from $50 to $40 a share, that's a 10% destruction. I mean, mm. down in, in value. So I don't know about the math. Right. But the, the DWTI ETF, it would go up by 30%. Since that's what the profit, since that's what it does, right. and then when oil goes back from forty to fifty dollars, you can get another ETF, where it's called WTI, right. where it would just also go up by triple leverage amount. So whenever it goes from forty to fifty, that goes from fifty. I mean, it goes up thirty percent. I, I don't know if I'm explaining it properly because mm -hmm. I haven't done it in a while. But like, yeah, that's something that you it should sounds do. right to me. So all right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how it works either. Um, I also want to talk about a little bit about Vine 2. Oh, yeah. I, it has the potential. It really is going to... I think it's really going to rely on the management of the app and yeah. the execution of it in terms of how much it'll really impact the whole social media game, especially because you have... Basically, when Vine ended, you had all these, like... That's really what jump-started the whole, like social media like influencer type mm -hmm. with all like the vine stars and whatnot yeah like they were literally like miniature celebrities almost like they would get more views a lot of times than like actual like actors like instagram and other accounts of like they course. had the attention um but then it kind of like trickled off into now instagram's really the host for that so now going mm -hmm. back for me, like, I'm excited for the app to come me back. Me too. I just liked it a lot in the first place, and I hated the fact that it, they shut it down when they did. But um, I don't know if, like, are they going to keep it six seconds? Are they going to expand it? Like, what other features are they going to incorporate? I heard they're still going to try to keep the six seconds, but, like, the what you said about, like, the management aspect of Vine 2 is important because I feel like the management is the reason why that Vine collapsed because you just had a lot of unfunny and very controversial people that yeah. were ruining the app, like the Jake Paul and Logan Paul and whatnot. So... Well, he's taking a lot of shit. Oh, right yeah, now. he's taking so much shit now. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm hyped for Vine 2 also because I love Vine, but, like, they need to, like, manage it more. I'm not too adept on the talking point, but... Did Vine have a messaging feature before? It did near the end of its life cycle, okay. I know yeah, I'd be curious. I really, I think, they, uh, and all, Instagram also gets bashed from how they had stories that basically like reacting to Snapchat. Oh yeah. Since they Snapchat stories, and now there was then there was Instagram stories, but no one really talks about how. I mean, Instagram used to only be photos, mm -hmm. and then but Vine was short videos, and then Instagram came out with videos but you can only post it for a minute yeah so but no one really talks about that very much see like instagram stories they're not like vine stories because like 
they're not like designed to make you funny and make it funny since like a minute's not like enough for like a good sketch, but it's not short enough for like a funny little tidbit or whatnot. So that's what I think it is. Because but like Instagram, I remember they kept like copying others, like with the Snapchats, with the vines and whatnot, because they wanted to like make sure that they were like the main competitor in the market. Yeah. So that's something I think why they did it. So Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting. Uh VR. Oh, yeah. I think that's also going to be a big disruptor in the game. And partially because I was in my hometown mall during the holiday time on, like, it was a Friday or Saturday, like, 4. And the mall was basically dead. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, that didn't necessarily su- surprise me, especially because everyone's just migrated to online shopping, pretty much. Yeah. However, what I did see pop up was a VR video game, like, arcade-type deal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, now that's interesting. I And I was like, I w- personally, like, I would, like, get out of my apartment to go to, like, a VR arcade. Especially, like, this one was just, like, a pretty basic one. But I think it's, like, real. Especially, they'll get more elaborate and, yeah. and whatnot. But I was like, that was something, like, I would go do as a thing. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I agree with that. Like, VR is just changing how... People want to do business now. So, like, for example, like, you don't have to fly out to do a business meeting. You can just, like, via, you can just like be there in the VR world and stuff like that. There's also, like, game aspects. Like, with, uh, I'm saying, like, SAL. Like, have you seen that anime? <laughs> like, it's like a I near... I watch a lot of anime. Oh, uh, it's the like a... The last anime I watched was Titan. Oh, uh, Attack on Titan? Attack on Titan. Oh, yeah. But, like... With the VR, like, this anime was about, like, in the near future. It came out in 2022. Mm. They have, like, this VR-esque game where, like, people just go in and they pretend that they're in this video game, but they get trapped or something like that. Mm. And they're actually creating stuff like the SAO world. Mm. So uh, it, it's something that is, like, changing, like, how, like revolutionizing the way, like, the Internet started because, like, it's pretty cool. And also it's very easy to make. Like, you don't need to, like, code that much, like, you don't need to code that much. All you need to do is just have like pre like built in like avatars and yeah, just and code a little bit. that's the other thing. Like people are like, oh, it's gonna be the next big thing. I'm like, guys, like it's also already here. Yeah. Like, with the Snapchat, um, Bitmojis like animations that you can yeah. literally like, it's literally your Bitmoji like dancing in the corner of a room. Like it's already here. Like, that's people augmented. People just kind of overlook it. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's augmented. Now, explain the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality. Okay, so virtual reality is the thing that's, like, people are hyping up already, but they already have it. So, like, you get to think that you're actually in, like, in a simulation in real life. Mm. Augmented reality is when you when you know it's not there, but you have, like, a like a phone or anything and just project something on, like, a, uh, on like the 4D or the 3D world and right. it acts like it's there. So, like, the Snapchat bitmojis and the... Uh, um, the Pokemon goes and stuff like that. Gotcha. That's all oh, augmented. Gotcha. And most companies are not going into augmented reality for some reason, which I find to be very weird because augmented is very easy to make and it's even cheaper than VR, but they just want to work on VR since it's like the new thing that's coming up. Yeah, I think that's a... Uh, I don't see... I, I see the application so relevant like to even like have like... A Snapchat where like you just open it up and you put in a certain setting, setting, and then you just scan, like look around with your phone, mm-hmm. and then like people have like certain things built in, whether it's like arrows, like a review, or, yeah. you know what I mean? Just, yeah, of like, course. I, I don't know. Like I, I th- the application I think is just 
I think it's from a business perspective and even just like the day-to-day stuff like to see like either be like maybe maybe I'll start with looking through stuff with your phone but to like even I mean Google tried this with Google yeah. Glasses but because yeah. of the whole privacy issues and the legalities of it they couldn't pull it off but to let's be walking down the street and see notifications pop up and be like oh so and so is like 10 minutes away for this meeting to see like Yelp reviews for different restaurants or like get like a real time like navigation in terms of where so and so is I don't know I just yeah. like why wouldn't it like it just makes yeah. too much sense to yeah me. you're right you're exactly right because like there's so many things that can be used for that type of reality, but just companies are just not doing it. I mean, like, you could be the first one to do it and just, like, implement it and change the market speed and have, like, a strong foothold, which is something that would be great, but I don't understand why either. Yeah, but. and also because of just the time factor. There's this whole new value on time. And yeah, exactly. If I don't, I mean, it's to the point where it's like, if I don't have to pull my phone out of my pocket... Mm-hmm. You know, that's saving me the trouble of doing that. It's also faster. It's always it's just always there. Yeah, exactly. So, it's something else. So, there's that. Um, so, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Of course. Um, so, of course, first off, thank you for being on the podcast. No problem. I always want to give my guests time to plug their social media, any stuff you got going on. Uh, so, feel free to do so. I don't really use social media that much anymore. <laughs> anymore, though, because I used to be addicted to it. And I had to get off of it because it was messing with my life and, like, my social life and whatnot. But, like, you can just... I think you should utilize it more as a personal branding tool. Yeah. Especially because the fields you dabble in, like, just to post, like, informative content Mm -hmm. and just gain that, like, just try and gain a following that way. I I don't know. I I used to do that on Twitter, but then my Twitter got suspended. This was in 2015 because Uh I used to do a lot of crazy shit on Twitter. Gotcha. But, like, I realize that just getting off of social media for the most part has just been kind of good for me. But I, I, do have a, I do use Snapchat a, a lot. So you can hit me up on Snapchat. It's my name. Um, my Instagram is Duplex118. That you can also hit me up on there because I'm very – I use those two applications a lot, not really to post pictures, but to yeah. view and see other stuff. You can also look me up on SoundCloud because I use SoundCloud a lot also. Really? Yeah, that's also my name. So. Cool. Yeah. All right, and that was some real shit. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you would, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. It would really mean a lot. If you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at reallyrealshit underscore. If you want to send me any messages, feedback, or comments, you can email me at mark, M-A-R-C, at the realitycheck.biz because I'm about my business.